long while about the message title. And we recording now? Yes, sir. The date? Loud. Twentieth. Today is October twentieth, two thousand ten, and the message today is dirty love. So here recently I got a revelation of what is love, and it's really been bothering me. And uh, just, just I mean, just a question. I'm a young, twenty years old. Do not have a help me say. So I'm questioning obviously myself, what is love? What can I do to to get love? What what how does the love how do I receive love? How do I get love? So I started thinking of myself and I'm just I'm uh I heard a song it's forgive me for my uh, lack of seeing capabilities but it goes L is for the way you look at me. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm going off the song that they have so I'm like okay I can get that. And uh so anyway, so I just wanted to ask a couple questions of uh, a couple people in that elders and different stuff that maybe knows what love is. So, Mr. Abel, what would you say? How do you how do you give love? How do you what is your definition of love? Giving without expecting anything in return. What about you, Kelsey? What is your in love and your essence? What is, how does that how do you give that? Love is not. What about you, Mr. Steve? What is, what is love? How do you express that? It's an unconditional condition. <laughs> That's from the book of Steve. <laughs> Alright, Mr. Matt, you always have some good ones. What, what does love mean to you? What does love mean to you?
list of numbers, like put in categories. So uh, bear with me. But obviously the title, maybe it's in mine, it says, Do Not Love the World. And I think a lot of us have problems with that. And to me, I look at this, I'm like, well, what is love? What is, how do, how do you not love the world? And uh, I'll go ahead and start reading 15. It says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, pretty much a blunt statement, but it hasn't covered what love is. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of, sin, the cravings of sinful man. And we'll stop there for a moment. Same thing, what is the cravings of a sinful man? What, is, what, is a, what does he crave for? What is, I don't understand that. What, I mean, I have it a sense, but I started thinking about it. I'm like, well... You see simple men on TV, you see all all around the area, what do they what do they crave for? He's got TV shows for greed, you have TV shows for idols, the next American idol, I mean, go figure. Uh, but also you have the more lucid parts that people don't like to talk about. You have sex, you have desires of the flesh that we hide in our bedrooms. This is all stuff that it says that if if you have cravings of a sinful man, then you're in the world. That's obviously, you're not in Jesus, you're outside the world. To me, I looked up like, okay, well, this is nice, but I haven't, this doesn't really tell me what love is. What is, this isn't a definition of love. I'm trying to look for it. So, uh, move on to two, and it says, the lust of his eyes. Okay, I, me being a 20-year-old man, I'm like, okay, lust of eyes, see a pretty woman, look the other way, that's lusting, right? And, uh, I started thinking about like lust does not only have to pertain to looking at a woman or some sexual appeal. It can be simply looking at this beautiful car that Fred has and lusting after it. <laughs> and lusting after it, saying, "Man, I'm, man, that's, I just yeah, man, I can't black." Like something inside of you that you that you almost can't control. That you just that you with all your being, you just you want it. Not say I, you have a beautiful car, Fred. I don't, I'm not lusting after your car, but. Uh, I'm just saying it's... Not better it's, than the Dodge, huh? Amen. And uh, so our lust of our eyes can be can be a, a, the new job, the new promotion, a new house, a new vehicle, something better, a new, waiting for a new spot in ministry that you just, well, I'm just, I'm just waiting for it. And, you know, just, uh, I'm, you know, I'll do it once I get there. And you're just lusting after something that's, something that's not attainable. You're pretty much, uh, if you want to, I'll read out of Genesis 3, 6. Pretty much we want everything that we have, but that we see, but we we want everything we can't have that we see. So I, if I put a bad apple, or put two good apples, same exact thing, you can look at a five-year-old. Okay, you can have this pile of candy, but you can't have this pile of candy. They're going to obviously go for the one that they can't have. We all, that's born within us. We want something that is supposedly unattainable. That goes down to uh, Genesis 3, 6. It says, it says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took and ate it. She saw first that it was good. She didn't, she didn't look at anything else. She saw first that it was good to the eye. But to me, that caught me. It said, what, what have I really seen that's good to the eye? Is it, is it looking after a promotion at a job? Is it trying to ahead myself? Is it spending time with me? Is What am I lusting after? Is it that's hindering me from gaining what God has for me. And still I have the question of what is love. And uh, to me it's, I'm learning through the years of, through receiving love of how it, 
how it affects people. And uh, to me, it, it affects every aspect of your life. And I'll continue, and the next line says, And the boasting of what he has and does. Okay, the boasting of what he has and does. Now, obviously, that goes back, all three of these tie together. Boast about a job, boast about promotion, boast about where you're at in life. I mean, every time you meet someone, hi, you shake your hand, hi, what do you do for a living? What, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a stand-on. That's, I'm bigger than you. I work at Coger. <laughs> but I mean, uh, we have, it seems like we're just born with it wrong. We have the wrong idea. I was talking to a lady in Coger today, and I said, "Yeah, I'm preaching on Wednesday. I'm excited." She's like, "Oh, you're a pastor?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a pastor. I, I preach everywhere I go." She's like, "Okay, so this is your second job?" I'm, I stop and think. I'm like, "No, this isn't my second job. This is my I'm me pastoring, me being who I am, me being who God called me to be is my first job. Being for Coger is something I do for provided for myself, and." uh to me, that's not, I think we really need to flip the script and really see what boasting really is, because I think we do it when we don't even know it. Not to say that uh, Adam doesn't like his Dodge truck, but you know, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit maybe a little bit too far. I mean, I, who, who's the same? Okay, same thing with Arkansas and LSU, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I got your back, Mr. Fred, I like your car. Games. 
Unfortunately, I shouldn't, but Judah can testify. I'm a little bit good. <laughs> I'm just saying, so throw it around your brain, let your thought, thought process work on it for a while. Uh, so I'm like, okay, well, this is awesome. This is the Word of God. It is life, but let's hit it a little bit more hard. Let's take it to Jesus. So Jesus dealt with it. Obviously, this is some heavy stuff. Like, this has got some weight to it. So uh, y'all turn to Matthew 4. Jesus was a pretty cool dude. He did things that, well, not say that we can't do, but we're supposed to do great things in him. But obviously, he he did it. He used the right connection through God. God, God, pretty much had free will in Jesus' life. Y'all agree? Amen. So this Jesus is a pretty gnarly dude. I'm trying to see. Okay, well, if Jesus can deal with this, then I like that description. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so I'm just trying to think, okay, so how does it pertain to me? If Jesus can do it, I can do it, right? So, uh, we'll turn to Matthew 4, and uh, it goes, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. If you didn't know, Jesus was tempted. He devils a being. He can be seen. He does have form. So, those of you who believe that demons are not real, they are real. The devil is real. He is on the earth. Just in case you let him know. And uh, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, we'll stop there. Okay, so I was put on, I was going to fast for 35 days. I had this great idea that there'd be a lot of me in this, right? Because uh, I'm, on, I'm on day 27 of my vow. Uh, I took a year vow to abstain from some things. <coughs> Praise God, I'm on my 27th day. I have 27 days to go. But uh, this hit me hard. I, I was, I read this and it said, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and I, I'm like, wow. I fasted for five days. I'm like, yeah. if y'all never fasted for five days, like it's, like it's pretty serious. Like I never knew, but it's, like I didn't know how much I eat and how much food consumed. <laughs> like I'm sitting at, I'm sitting at Kroger, you know, checking out, and I'm, I see Starbucks open. I'm like, man, you know, just. A shots of express would be good right now, but I'm like, no, I haven't ate in two days. That's probably not going to be good. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, for, for me to fast for five days, I'm still recovering from the effects, as uh, some of my roommates may know. And, uh, <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's, it's 40 days is pretty intense. I mean, your body, uh, your body has to... <laughs> I mean, 
35 minutes is pretty long. Like, some serious consequences. And like, okay. Like, I never thought Noah said anything. I was like, oh, right on, Cody. So I started up. Like, I need to do some prayer. <laughs> so I went home later that night. And no one was at the house. So I, so I got on my knees and I got my Bible next to me and I started praying. I'm like, God, I don't, I don't want to get hurt. I want to, I want to be in your will. And I was basically praying. I didn't want God to be in. I don't want me for fasting to be nothing. I mean, it's we can all torture ourselves. We can do a lot of things to really see, like, okay, well, this is, God will love this, so let me sell everything I have. But if it's not God's will, then you're kind of missing the whole point. You'll be homeless and out of God's will. And, I mean, you can stay at my house, but I'm just saying, you're pretty much missing the point. So I was praying, and I was like, God, let me not be in your will. And uh, I said, well, quit fasting, because what you're doing is for nothing. I'm like, whoa, I'm like, and uh, I look back, I'm like, okay, well, let me see, obviously, uh, let me look on the past five days, and my attitude wasn't of someone that was enjoying communion with God, to say the least, and I'm sure a couple of you saw me, y'all can testify, and uh, so it was, uh, it was, it was kind of like, wow, like, for 40 days, this is, if y'all never got this, this is pretty intense, this is, you can die from this, like, this is, I know Jesus is, God's in Jesus, and Jesus is in God, but this is life conquering stuff. This is him conquering the grave again, I mean, pretty much. And uh, so I continue to read. I just want to share that a little bit with you all. And uh, the, temper, the tempter came to him and said, if you, are, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Okay, I was fast for five days, and if I could tell some stones to become bread and they wouldn't break my fast, I would have done it. Like, it's like, it's some serious. I have no, I don't know how many, I guess he was in the 40 days of his fast, and I have some serious stuff. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, this is nice, and how does this relate to me? How does this pertain to me? All, and, excuse me, I know all scripture is holy, but really, if you don't get the meat of it, how it pertains to you, then then what's the point? It's, then it's just words on the page, and it doesn't apply to you. It's not living and active. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, let me see. And I started, obviously, I was studying First uh, John 2.15, and I said, okay, the cravings of a sinful man. Now, that's, I can crave some serious food, and I can see how the devil was tempting. I see this, that the devil was tempting Jesus with cravings of food, cravings of something that's not, that doesn't have any substance. Like Eric has been teaching, having the bread of God or having the bread of man. I can see this, the devil tempting will... You know, the Bible says that you can turn these stones into, stones into bread. Why don't you do it? Go ahead. And after 40 days, I'm sure that this was obviously a test. I'm like, okay, well, God is God. And he, he answered. He said, Jesus answered, for it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay, well, like, this just blew me away. I'm like, wow. Okay, so he's he's been cr- He's been tempted by the devil. The devil came to tempt his flesh, to tempt Jesus' cravings that's built into our body. Not that Jesus was uh, a man that wasn't tempted or wasn't didn't have cravings, but he didn't sub- submit himself to him. He stood within himself and resisted because God is in Jesus and Jesus is in God. I said, wow, okay, so what, what was... I'm like, okay, well, this is awesome. Uh, to resist food... Is like resisting the, the manner of God. And I think that a lot of us, yeah, this is talking about natural bread, but to what, of our, to what sense is this talking about money? Or to what sense is this talking about a better life? And uh, 
Like, okay, well, what is, what is the devil tempting you all with? I mean, what is he tempting? Is he tempting you with something that's outside of God's will? You know, me personally, I've been in this. I, like I said, I gave the example of my fast, and I read this, I'm like, the devil, the devil doesn't want you to, to advance God's kingdom. He'll do anything that he can to slow you down. And I saw this, and I was like, wow, he wants, he wants to put anything in stumbling block. He took a stone that is meant to build altars, meant to build structures, meant to build, meant to build walls, and he took it, and God can make it bread. Like, okay, well, I'm, we're supposed to be living stones, supposed to be metals from around the earth. He took something that didn't have substance, and he wanted to make it into something that wasn't of God's will. He took us, as you see the form of Jesus, took us, something that didn't have substance, and made us into bread, that we could, that holy bread. Like Eric was talking about the bread of God, and I'm like, okay. And uh, just for my thought process, um, I see this is good, I'm like, sweet, okay. So I go down the next, and I said, Then the devil took him into the holy city, and had, given, and had them stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that, that you will not strike your foot against the stone. To me, this blew me away. Pretty much, the devil is offering him something. He's saying, do this and you'll do this. It's kind of like an older brother, like, yeah, 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 you can, you can make it. Jump, jump off the two-story roof. Yeah, you'll be fine. You're good to roll. Did you have an older brother? I remember whenever I was like six or something, we were, me and, uh, me and an older guy were jumping on a trampoline. And I looked up to this guy. Like, All right, so I'm sitting there jumping, and he's 20 years old, and I'm probably about six, and I see him jump, jump, and he jumps over a rosebush. I'm like, Man, because we had a trampoline and a rosebush, and the other side was concrete. So I'm, I'm six years old, and I see this guy fly across it. I'm like, oh, sweet, I'm about to go. So, I mean, I was a little skinnier back then, and I had a less weight. So I'm like, okay, sweet. So I start bouncing, and then all of a sudden, I didn't go as far as I wanted to. So, so I landed the rosebush, and uh, got many stitches and all kinds of good stuff, and still have scars today. But I see that as as a trying to copy someone else's ministry. I know this may pertain to the message, but I see someone. I see someone as Eric. I see someone as Matt that are well, not well off in years, but well off in.
Okay, for some reason God gives me very visual examples and pertains to my life, so I'm sharing them with y'all, so forgive me. And, uh, yeah, excuse me. Visual uh, examples are good. I appreciate it. And, uh, <laughs> so we continue to read in 8. So the, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. Again, the devil can take you where you don't want to go. He can take you. He's a physical form. He is a spiritual form. He is all around you. He's not here right now to do this thing. But he, he can be around you. He can be while you're working. He can be while you're sleeping. He can rule your mind. He can be something that is tangible. So I don't want people to say that, well, I've never seen the devil. I'm pretty sure you've seen the devil working through people. So uh, I'll make sure that y'all know that the devil is is alive, but yet he is going to die. And, uh, Bell said, Bell took him to, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all this I will give you, he said, first of all, who is he to be given anything? He is put underneath our feet. To me, this blow me away. I'm like, first of all, Jesus is fasting for 40 days. He's already been tested two times. Like, really, is like the devil thinks he's got an upper hand, but anyways, the devil's retarded in this. He says, all this I'll give to you, he said, if you will bounce down to me and worship me. <coughs> I mean, really. Like, and I know this is obviously 40 days of fasting, he's been tested two times, but this is just God to answer this. He said, away from me, Satan, for it is, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. I'm like, wow. All I have to do is say, get away from me, Satan. And uh, pretty much what Eric and Matt are preparing us for is to fulfill the, the next line. Jesus always comes out and he says, he rebukes Satan, then he hits him with scripture. And for me, I kind of see that, that this is kind of a, a university of being able to get that next line. That we can all say, get away from me, Satan, but if we can't attack with the word, if we can't hit, hit the devil with the word, then... If Jesus said, just get away from me, Satan, I'm pretty sure that he would have still got away. He still went away, but if he didn't get the next line and hit him with the sword, then, I mean, what could have happened? What What if that next part was there? What if it was missing? And uh, thank goodness the word is complete and 100% truth that it's, that it's there, that the devil leaves because the word says that he has to flee from it. And uh, so I, I, I was pondering about these three things. I'm like, okay, God, well, we have... The cravings of a sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting about what he has and does. And uh, I started thinking about Matthew 4. I'm like, okay, this is pretty much the same thing, that Jesus was tempted by the cravings of a worldly man, the cravings of a sinful man, that he was tempted with pure bread alone that's not, doesn't have any, no feeling at all, it has no substance. And uh, next he was tempted by the lust of his eyes, that, oh, Jesus, go ahead, throw yourself down. The angels will catch you, right? And it's like, no, this, he was tempted He was tempted by the lust of power, the lust, the lust of becoming a God himself. And uh, God realized Jesus is God, but I'm sure Jesus had to be tempted to become a God himself, that he had all the power within God, but yet not separating himself from God. And uh, this blew me away, and I started thinking about, like, okay, well, let's say I'm Jesus, which I'm not, I'm far from it, but... What if, I, what if God's power was the best in me? How would I handle the situation? And this is pretty much 
saying that God gave God. Jesus knows that God is God, and uh, if that's hard, that's complicated. It's really, yeah. But uh, Jesus, Jesus knows that God is God, that He's the only God. But uh, does the devil know this? That obviously He does. That He flees from it. But how would I react to this? How would I say that? Pretty much, the devil's tempting him with everything that he already has, that he already knows that he's promised. That Jesus is supposed to come back, he's going to rule the kingdoms of the world. That he doesn't have to make a stone of bread. That he's going to he's going to receive all this. That he already received it all. And to me, I'm like, okay, well, this is this is pretty much Jesus giving a testify that I, I read in two in John First John two fifteen that I'm struggling with this and what how do I deal with the cravings of a simple man? How do I deal with the lust of his eyes? Lust of my eyes. How do I deal with me boasting about who I am? And it's Jesus. Jesus already did it. He already showed you what to do. It says right here in John 4 to set is written, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He, he wants us to come back with scripture. He wants us to to basically cling on to his word and to love his word. And uh, I know that tonight's title is Dirty Love. It's uh, but I got this revelation of what if this is if you do the direct opposite of the cravings of a simple man, what what are the cravings of a godly man? What does he crave during throughout his daily walk? What is what does he do? And uh, I was uh, as a question I wrote down the lost, the widows, orphans, God's people. I mean, think about what does a godly man crave? What does he want? And uh, I started applying this to my life, and I put it to the test, I'm like, have I been craving for the lost, wherever I go? Have I been craving for the widows? Have I been weeping over the widows and trying to provide for them and the means that God's given me? Have I, this, have I been craving after the orphans and God's people? And I, to be honest, it's no, I haven't, not in the least bit, that I haven't, I haven't put this to the full extent that God wants it to be in my life. That this isn't, I'm, I'm far from where I'm supposed to be, but receiving the revelation that that this is what it's all about. This is what love is all about. Like I said, it's another song. L is for the way you look at me. But uh, I was in the shower. I never think of this song. And I was just uh, taking a shower and all of a sudden a song popped in my head. I'm like, okay, God, like, I don't like classical or whatever kind of music that is. And, uh, so I'm like, I threw it away and God said, no, this is, this is the direct example example of what, how I want you to treat me. So, okay, so I started thinking about the song. And, so I'm like, okay, L, it's for the way you look at me. And I thought about it, I'm like, okay, God, this is God talking. God's saying that L, that he's, he wants us to look at him. That this is how he spells love, and this is how I spell love. That if I say I love somebody, I'm going to look at them in a certain way. I'm going to, I can tell Eric and Jen, that Eric doesn't have to speak anywhere. He just looks at Jen and Jim knows it. I have no idea how that works. But, uh, but somehow it works, and that's the same thing God wants to be with us. He wants us to look at Him and Him alone. I said, okay, well, that's, that's the first letter. And uh, so I started thinking about, oh, he says, Cody, I, I, want, I want to be the only one you see. I want to be the only one that you see during your day. I, want, I don't want any other distractions. I'm like, okay, I'm like, wow, like, this is... This is like mind-boggling stuff while I'm taking a shower. Like, I'm like, I'm a, it was a very good shower. And so I said, okay, so I moved on. I'm like, okay, well, we, we got a V and I'm getting ready to go. 
So I'm all, okay, B. And uh, he said, Cody, I'm, says, uh, about to go through, it says, L, does God want me to look, look towards him? And O, does he want to be the only one that I see? And uh, B, he said, Cody, I'm very, very, I'm E, I'm extraordinary. And I, I saw that, I'm like, whoa. Like, not that we don't serve an ordinary God, we don't serve a God that just, uh, it's just normal, but we serve a very extraordinary God, a very spiritual God, a very God that will be able to move within us. And I'm like, blew my mind while I was taking a shower. And uh, so I'm like, okay, God, this is, where is this supposed to go? And uh, he, uh, he started asking me questions like, Cody, how are you showing love? Yeah. 
I can't give back as much as y'all have given in to me. And uh, he started showing that, like, that it's not about me, that it's about God working in me, that, that not only living a life for him, but living a life as, dis- as disciples. And uh, here recently, God's given me a kind of a revelation of trying to figure out, okay, well, I want to I want to be in God. What does that take? What is What do I have to do? And first things first, are you are you in love with God? That's the first question. Hi, I'm Cody. Do you love Jesus? I see Eric do this all the time. It's interesting how the answers that you get. You get some people, uh, 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 I like horses. That's all I want to prove you. That's a real example, by the way. And, uh, so anyway, so I'm starting to think, okay, well, that's good, but what what is love? And I'm still trying to trying to get what it is, and it's and uh, I looked up the word love, and it gave all examples, beautiful meanings of how how someone feels, and you know the feeling that they have on the outside. And it's like butterflies, and it's like wow, well, that's weird. And it's like, but how how what is love? What is the meaning of love? And it's like all of a sudden, it's like. And you had earlier examples of what love was. And it's, love is not a feeling that you have inside. Love is not anything that you can tangibly feel. It's something that you give. It's something that's not not words coming out of your mouth, but something that you follow by action. Amen. God showed me a lot of love. And I praise God that I'm staying at the point where I am today. Amen. But, uh, God said he wants us to be at the point where there's no spaces in between these chairs. That we don't separate ourselves from each other. That, that we all form together, that this is like a family. I know that we're all tight now, that we all go eat lunch together and stuff, but God hit me, he's like, where's the disciples? So really what extent what extent do you do you, are you a disciple and to who? You be disciple to Jesus. That's the first step. We went earlier. Is are you are you in love with Jesus? Okay, you check that mark off. Next off, are you a disciple? Yeah, I mean, I, Jesus is my he's my he's my rabbi. It's like no, that's not enough. You have we have godly men set up before us to have to to be our rabbi, to be our person that we look up to, and that we get their dust on our back, that we on our our chest or whatever, and. uh so basically, in Revelation, is like we're that if we don't have discipleship, then just like if you don't have love, you're missing the point. That this you can you can love all you want, but if you don't have someone looking inside of you, having the innermost being that you have, basically putting yourself out there, you don't have someone that's able to 100% complete love to look into your life and say, Steve, what you're doing is wrong. That's not right. And you've been able to love him so much that you understand that you accept that and you question yourself and then you turn around 100% to where you see where, okay, this God used him and this is wrong. And uh, I don't want just to say disciples and then leave that away, but really if love is showed by your actions and you say you love Jesus, that's fine. A lot of people say they do. But what does your action show? And you can, and, I mean, even y'all today, what are, how do y'all's actions show Okay, you love Jesus, you come to church Sunday, Wednesday, maybe Monday, you're a great Christian. It's like, no, that's not it. You have to complete it every day. And uh, Jesus questioned me, he's like, well, how, how are you being a disciple? Who's, who's your, how are you preparing yourself to, 
disciple others. And uh, God has put a great man, Eric Stevens, where I'm able to be his disciple. And I'm able to follow around and show, see what a godly man does. But I charge all of y'all, who's y'all's disciple? Who are you being disciple under? Who, who is it? If you just go home on Wednesdays and Sundays and, yeah, this is my wife. He, he goes to church and he does other things, but I just stay at home. It's like, no. That disciples is not only for men, it's for women too. That women can disciple other women. And uh, I just feel the spirit inside me saying that this is something that we that we're kind of lacking as a church. Not to say that maybe I don't have the power to say that, but I think that we that if we're not tying each other's life, that if we're not not like the twelve disciples following Jesus wherever he went, losing everything and just following him. I'm not saying that you have to move in with somebody, but not no offense, John and Joy, but you know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you're not willing to completely lose lose regard for yourself and just completely follow this person under God's will, then I think I honestly can say that I think that you're missing the mark. And myself, I've been missing the mark for a long time. But I think that if we're willing to be disciples, then we're willing to have love be injected into us. And I think that being disciples is kind of just just the ivy of just God's word and God's power that inside of us. And that just that if you have someone discipled yet, you know that someone can see you and boom, you can tell you're having a bad day. Like, what's wrong? And words of encouragement, that, that's, that's flowing through your spirit. That's lifting you up. I see that a lot of us is kind of missing that. We're just coming to church dead and we sit on the front on the front row or the back row, the middle row, wherever you sit, and you just sit there and you just you're just waiting for worship is about to start. Are they gonna tell us to stand or do I have to stand by myself? Feel like it. Is it over? Okay. And really we're just kind of going through the emotions like Is it almost time to go? It's been like forty five minutes and you know, my rear end hurts, and I just want to go, like, let's go movements. And it's like, we're, we're kind of missing the point. And uh, I think that this is kind of, it's revolutionized my walk, that no longer it's not about how long you've been with Jesus, how long you've served Jesus. It's about, are you being discipled? How how many years do you have of being discipled? How much love do you have? And uh, I can tell just by looking at people, if they got love in them. Love in them. And uh, I praise God that I have somewhat of discernment of spirits, but I can I can look at someone, and I was checking this lady out at Kroger, and I'm like, got a funny feeling, and I looked at her, and I'm like, I saw a necklace, and I mean, you see, I check out hundreds of people at Kroger, but God gave me a spirit, and he said, I asked her about, what's that necklace? Oh, you know, you just put some cotton, some oil in there, and it gets away with bad spirits, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm like, like, are you a wicked? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, the God's given me this, this, He's put me in the spot where I can see that it's not only what we see on the outside, but there's more. There's more to. There's more to there to what we have. I like the the joke that Fred told about the little kid that was sitting in church, and uh, the church choir would come out, and they say, "God is one. God is one." And about five services later, the son was sitting there and. They said, God is one, God is one. The kid knocked on his mom and said, Mom, when is God going to turn two? <laughs> I love that joke. And, uh, but basically, it's a point of perspective. And for me, for so long, I've been, I've been ignoring what's been the root cause. And just uh, for me, it's been a point of perspective, a point of 
thinking that I had it and I don't. And I don't have anything at all. And I'm just starting to understand what God love is. And uh, it really hit me hard. He's like, Cody, are you, how are you showing love? Are you, are you giving me dirty love? Not saying not to be provocative, but really, if you think about it, how much love are we giving Jesus? And how much love are we giving the world? If you think about it, you spend eight hours to ten hours a day at your job. If you don't, I mean, you have to, someone say, love that job, pretty much. Say, you may not like it a little, but you pretty much have to love it in a bit. And uh, after that, how much love do you have for TV? So you come home, you watch TV for two hours. And then you eat something. And then you play some video games. And then you go to bed, and then, oh, man, where's your day went? That's your whole day right there. And God got me saying, where's the love? Man, song, where is the love? Yeah, anyways, uh, but anyway, so he's, he's asking, where's where's the time? If you if you spell love, T I M E, where 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 is it? Is it on Sundays and Wednesdays and Mondays? And it's like God's like, no, you're missing the whole point. It's you need to. Jesus loved us so much, and God loved us so much that He sent Jesus, His only Son, to die on the cross. I don't know if you understand that, but I'd be like. Eric sending Judah to die on the cross. Like, that's some serious stuff. Like, so he showed me, he's like, Cody, this is, I sent my one and only son, my one and only son to die for you so you can receive love. And what are you doing with my love? Are you just giving me what's left over from the day? Are you just giving me what's left over from what you have in your pocket? Are you just giving me what's left over from the week? I mean, what were what you giving me? And uh, I ask y'all to think about what what love are y'all giving God? Are you giving the leftover that you had earlier? Are you just giving something that's not of substance that that you already used? I mean, I'd ask y'all to look into your lives and see really if love is something that you spend time and that you do. And what are you doing? What what do you love? You may not say that you don't love your job, but you're doing it. You spend time there. That's love. That's something that you do. And I uh, ask you to examine your life. What 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 do you say that you love? Do you spend more time working than you do praying? Do you spend more time at your work than you do here? I should ask you all to just self-examination of really what to really ask for a revelation of what love is. And uh I'll share something I was reading. I was studying for the thing, and I looked at my like, oh, sweet old journal. Let me see what this has. And the uh, first page is uh, August 30th, 2009. And this wasn't plain at all. I just read it and said, Today the world has become a place full of fake people that say what you want to hear. Love, when someone says I love you, there are two kinds of people. One person says I love you, not only with the breath that comes out of their mouth that makes a word, but they show it in their life. When they say it, I love you, they say it with their actions, with their heart and life. Others say it to make you feel better and to make themselves feel better, but they don't mean it in their heart. They say it, but it does not mean true in their actions and in their life. If one man says, I love God and does not show it in his daily life, then you need to pray for him. If he still, if he still does not show any fruit, they come to him and show him what you see in love. And uh, that blew me away. Almost, a, I mean, pretty much over a year ago, it's dealing with me right now. 
And uh, I'll end with Second Corinthians six. And uh, just God's give me a revelation of love, and I know normally it's seen as oh, love is grace, grace is love, and it's like I think we really need to change our minds of what's what real love is. That love is not greasy, love is not fake, that it's living and active inside of us, and really we just have to pull it out of us and see what what comes out. He says, this is Paul talking to Corinthian church, he says, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be desecrated. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance and troubles, hardships and distress, and beatings, imprisonments, and riots, and hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, and in the Holy Spirit. And just hold on there. This is a, this is what we're supposed to do. I honestly believe if you don't if you don't have these things evident in your life, maybe you need to question yourself if you really love God. That this is a man that is insanely in love with Jesus. And I want to be so lost that whenever I get beat, that I rejoice. That I have that's what comes out of my soul. That that's just what comes out of me. And this man of God, he says, in the Holy Spirit and sincere love. And uh, I like to end it right there that if you don't have sincere love, then the beatings that you receive, that everything that you've been through, that the trials that you've been through, then it's it's all for nothing if you don't have sincere love. And take it more than just a person. Take it more than just someone on the street. But take it into your daily life and really see what what you love. And uh, to me, this has blown blown my socks off that I can't think of anything else. But really look in your lives and see what you sincerely love. Because uh, I believe once you sit down and recount it, that you'll be shocked at the things that are not of God in your life. And uh, I give you this charge, and I look forward to seeing the fruit that y'all come back with it. I just, I can't say enough of the love that Eric and Matt and this whole church family has poured out. That even so more than my own family. And that's really what what the church is supposed to be. That says if you're not willing to leave your father and mother and your, even your own daughter, then you're not, you're not willing to be with Christ. That you're not willing to give up everything and, God's given me much more than I could ever ask. He's given me a dad and uh, a rabbi and not, not a rabbi, but a, I mean someone to look up to. Put your gun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, just, I, I appreciate y'all for dwelling into my life and me being able to see in y'all's life what sincere love is. So. Hey, that's a good word. Brother makes our pulpit look small, doesn't he? <laughs>
you because this brother has a journal with last year's messages in it. When you love the Word of God, it will show up somewhere in your life more than just what you're entertained by. I got something out of this too. And I, I, I had the benefit of spending the day with him and I get a lot of days with him. Uh, for everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but the world. Well, I think he used the term flip the script. This would be the cravings of the godly man. The desires of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the devil but from God. Right? Another way that this might be said would be Deuteronomy 6 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Or Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? These are things that need to be part of our DNA. Not because you were just taught to memorize it, not because it's your church creed, but because it's what God has demonstrated for you. Right? Uh, ladies, if you haven't learned that not every guy that says he loves you does, you're stupid. <laughs> you haven't learned that not everybody who says they loves you, love you, has a pure motive towards you, then you, you, you're naive. This is why God demonstrated His love to us. Now, let's be honest. If you're not naive about what love is, why would we think God is? He knows that not everybody who says, I love you, does. He waits to see whether or not we reciprocate those actions. Uh, that seems to be the core of what my brother was sharing. And I loved it. I thought it was awesome. So, is this pulpit out of your focal range? I don't know what it's like coming from up here down. Look, in, in, in the course of, uh, of seven days, we've had a chance to hear uh, from one of our more seasoned members. And we've had a chance to hear from one of our younger members. Do you hear what the Spirit is saying, church? It doesn't matter who it comes through. It is God speaking. This is a good thing. We're going to have another one next Wednesday, and I'm going to keep open pulpit until y'all are done preaching. Uh, I, I mean, I really am. Uh, if you want to come preach, I'm going to ask that you attend services regularly and that your finances be right with the Lord. Beyond that, there are no requirements. Right? Amen? Amen. Uh, Sunday, invite somebody. Right? Uh, there was a workplace we had with 44 people in it one time, and I squeezed 38 of them into my living room. They didn't come back except one crazy girl. Uh, but the point is, is when you're passionate about something, you can't help but share it with people. Amen? Amen. Amen. And whether they think you're crazy or not, it's not the point. They know that they met somebody who is at least serious about what they say. Demonstrate it. Y'all stand your feet. Let's pray. sin, your hair falls out, and when you repent, it grows. <laughs> Ever since I shaved my head, I've been thinking if there's hair on your head, there's sin in your heart. But <laughs> Yo, church is supposed to be fun. I mean, it is supposed to be fun. I, I don't know how the world tricked people into doing dry, dead religious stuff, but church is supposed to be fun. <laughs> Cody said the devil is real I don't want to give him any credit but you can find him behind a lot of pulpits go, go find a place where you 
see love demonstrated and where you feel God's presence. Yeah. That, that's where, and yeah. I, I pray to God we pass that test. But if we don't, you definitely deserve a place that does. God, let's pray. Mighty God, Lord, we love you. Lord, I, I thank you for putting up with our foolishness. We were worse than this when you called us. And you're perfecting us now. We're growing towards you. Lord, I love the way your people love you. It magnifies you as king. It shows that you're the ultimate. You take men and women from every walk of life and you wreck us and turn our lives upside down and put us back together in your presence. And I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Go go eat some.